Wow, what a weekend. The time change, Halloween stuff, daylight savings, the election. Here we go, right? In episode 187, a major honor for a local teacher. Tom Brady praises a former Arcadian. Guy Fieri somehow made political news. Taj Mahal is helping Del Norte. Prescribed burns, a thumbs down from the ACLU. More details from the state about an interesting recent cannabis bust in Soham. An interview with the Eureka formed band Mr. Bungle as they're receiving international attention. And more. Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast, available anytime at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Made possible by these sponsors. Licensed marriage and family therapist Dylan Simbura Hernandez currently accepting telehealth clients as we need mental health now more than ever. For a free consult, call 707-335-9521 or visit HumboldtTherapy.com. Bell Star voted the best of Humboldt for women's clothing stores. Bell Star is located at 405 2nd Street in Eureka or online at B-E-L-L-E-S-T-A-R-R.com. Bell Star, clothes that fit your life. North Coast Co-op, now offering online ordering for hot pizzas, sandwiches, salads, and the beverage bar at northcoast.coop slash orders. Photography by Shy, spell it S-H-I, portraits just right. Book now for your next photo session. Learn more at photographybyshy.com. Bongo Boy Recording Studio, conducting safe recording sessions with ultra clean equipment. Check out the pristine sounds at bongoboystudio.com. North Coast Journal, award-winning in-depth reporting. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. Before his big win against his hometown team, the Raiders, HSU export Alex Kappa spoke about his NFL successes so far with Tampa Bay Bucks teammates, including future Hall of Famer Tom Brady. He told one reporter, quote, the first time I met Tom, it was in the huddle, but the moment was fleeting. I would say it's always cool when you meet someone like that, but very quickly things become normal and he's just one of your teammates, end quote. Fun highlights from this piece about the former Lumberjack. He was a baseball catcher in high school. He was a high school drama student, and he recently married his high school sweetheart. As far as Tom Brady, Brady recently said the blonde-maned Alex Kappa, formerly of Arcata, is doing a great job and is a tough guy who takes pride in what he does. Read more from Mercury News. Humboldt County export Sarah Bareilles just wrapped up filming the pilot of her upcoming Tina Fey comedy, Girls 5 Eva, so says her co-star, Busy Phillips. The show's for NBC's Peacock streaming service. It's about a washed-up 90s girl band. Bareilles has also been working to encourage people to vote and recently did an event with Pink and Black Eyed Peas, among others in that regard. Again, that's Grammy winner and Eureka High grad Sarah Bareilles. Hey, this is a big deal. A teacher from McKinleyville Middle School, Spanish teacher, was honored as one of the five California Teachers of the Year. This is a pretty rigorous process to get this honor. Nora Wynn is the third Humboldt teacher to do this in about 30 years. Wow. Receiving props from McKinleyville Middle School's principal as well as Superintendent Hartley. She was praised for her emphasis on inclusion and equity in her teaching. Go Nora Wynn. More from the Humboldt Office of Education. Former Ferndale Wildcat Guy Fieri is producing a new documentary about restaurants weathering the pandemic. Restaurant Hustle 2020 All on the Line is set to air on Food Network a couple days after Christmas. In a quote for the network, Fieri said this provides a real and intimate firsthand look into the lives of restaurateurs navigating through all of this. And as you probably also know, he raised over 20 million bucks for his restaurant employee relief charity during the pandemic. Humble export Guy Fieri still serving up the goods. 
A woman was sentenced to three years in prison after arranging the robbery of her family's home down in Redway. As a result of the actions of 31-year-old Jasmine Lopez back in 2018, the DA says home invaders threatened, assaulted, and zip-tied the hands of her family members, with one person having to be hospitalized. She'd apparently unlocked the door for these assailants while her family slept. Read more at kimkemp.com. Last week, we talked about the new Tremors movie on Netflix, Tremors Shrieker Island, and there's a character in that that says they grew up in Alder Point, Murder Mountain, that is, with a rifle in their hand. I pointed out, hey, with Murder Mountain, this shows Netflix with a trend pointing to Humboldt County in a dark light. A listener, yes, me again, commented about that, and I cannot believe I spaced this. They said, don't forget about Virgin River. While that drama did not shoot here, it's set here in Humble, and at one point, you know, shows the lead being kidnapped and threatened by big scary pot growers. So, um, thanks, Netflix. Remember, folks, crime happens everywhere. We are not the crime capital of California, even. Uh, we've got high rates of missing people, but we've also got high rates of found people. Yes, things can be better in Humble especially in the black markets of Humboldt, but we live in a stunningly beautiful place where troubles most likely won't find you if you're not looking for them and if you take safety measures where you go that you'd take everywhere. I love Humboldt. California State Parks and Cal Fire are beginning prescribed burns in Prairie Creek Redwoods and Humboldt Redwoods State Parks, among other places. Controlled burns are a proven and effective way to reduce wildfire risks. Glad to see the state working on that, but clearly more state and absolutely more federal funds need to go to continuing upping that game. 57% of California forests are federal. The state owns just 3% and the rest is owned by private individuals. Nasty details about this alleged execution-style murder of a man and his dog in a bathtub wrapped in a tarp with an AK-47 in the Edersburg area north of Shelter Cove. Gosh, um, cannabis, burglary, the slitting of a throat, lighting a van on fire, all elements in this story leading to that alleged event. You can read more via the Outpost and Time Standard. What are the odds a suspected DUI driver was arrested in Eureka after crashing into a county coroner's vehicle, which was carrying a dead body? Probably that uh, sheriff's truck, I'm guessing. It was a head-on collision with no injuries, but that's some weird stuff right there. Of all things that I think are going to happen to my body after I die, that's just, um, that's not one of them. That was a Lost Coast post. The 10th person has died in Humboldt County after testing positive for COVID-19. This person in their 80s. Remember, regardless of age or condition, when just one person would die in any given year from the flu in Humboldt, we took that seriously. This is 10. So the flu and COVID are not the same. Stats here, a total case count in the upper 500s for Corona, 541 recoveries, 36 hospitalizations, and again, 10 deaths. Please wear a mask and keep up our health protocols so we can keep up the good work and stay in that lowest tier. Our hearts go out to the Humboldt families impacted by COVID in this all too serious way. Well, Vanity Fair has this report mentioning Humboldt County export Guy Fieri about a $300 million PSA contract from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the feds, which basically all that $300 million went to was to build a spreadsheet with the political leanings of Hollywood stars. Um, I guess that's one way to drain a swamp. Apparently, the intent of this PSA was basically less COVID-related and more asking celebrities to endorse Trump. Fieri and others were too busy or said no. 
It appears uh, celebrity willingness to participate in this thing was low enough that it never amounted to more than a spreadsheet. So hundreds of millions of dollars for a contractor who apparently has ties to Trump. An oversight committee is investigating, and I'm sure Trump's main sadness about that was Ferndale's Guy Fieri and his busy schedule. Humboldt County's 911 emergency system needs some work, so the soup's allocated over half a mil to repairs and upgrades. A sheriff's officer said there's no communication with Shelter Cove in Orleans, end quote. So just one of the challenges that they presented. Read more about that in the Times Standard. Some locals have been officiating LGBTQ weddings in wake of the swearing-in of Amy Coney Barrett. A quote from one pastor, While I don't think it's really going to affect the status of marriage already done, and probably won't affect marriages in California, uh, in some places in the United States it may be an issue. End quote. You can read more in the Times Standard. There's this report from the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, that is, that Native American students have a harder path to success than the rest. An educational advocate from the Northern Californian Indian Development Council spoke about that. I'll read from this article. She says the report is hitting at a pivotal moment when many have awakened to issues of social and racial justice, when there's a renewed vigor among many to take a critical eye to old norms, to find new solutions and rectify historic wrongs. You can read more about that courtesy of the journal. So I talked about this last week. Recently, there is this marijuana bust in Sohum where the growers had county permits, but no state license. This thing was along Little Buck Mountain Road, east of Garberville. Almost a dozen thousand plants, over two tons of processed bud, guns, and alleged environmental violations. This news caused many to ask what actions were taken to give these farmers a chance to become compliant before the bust occurred. I heard back from the California Department of Food and Agriculture. In summary, they said that while the farmers initially stated a well was their source of their water, in May the state learned a pond was their water source. So the state looked into whether they were in process of permitting the pond. The farmers were not, and the farmers were also violating a cleanup and abatement order from the local water board. So farmers then got notice in June that they had 30 days to permit the pond or else. They didn't. And then farmers apparently kept on growing and got a bunch of licenses suspended. And that led to the big old bust again, October 21st. I'll post the state's in-depth response about that at kimkemp.com soon. Well, Humble, I don't want to speak too soon and knock on wood, but we've had several weeks now in the minimal tier for COVID-19 restrictions. Here's a quote from County Health about that. It is critically important to the entire community that we adhere to safety measures and keep our case rates low going forward, end quote. Right now, most indoor businesses can possibly reopen with input from the county, and things are looking good for some performances soon even. You can read more from the journal. So Taj Mahal is teaming up with our neighbors up in Del Norte County. This is cool. He's a multi-Grammy winner, Blues Hall of Famer. Taj Mahal doing his first ever live stream performance November 17th. And the best thing is, is that the proceeds benefit arts in Del Norte County. So thanks, Taj. More from the Del Norte Association for Cultural Awareness. That's great. I saw a reminder of this, a potential offshore wind farm here in Humboldt, coupled with an offshore transmission line here, potentially. That could lead to wind not only... uh, economically benefiting our area with jobs and such, but uh, the line could also help power the San Francisco Bay Area. Of 
course, when building that line, there'd have to be a lot of mitigation for impacts, but it's very interesting stuff about a potential major boost for our area with risks to consider. Read more from the American Journal of Transportation. Where do I have the pleasure of reaching you? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Is that where you live? Yeah, I've lived here for 20 years, actually. I left Eureka in 92. I lived in San Francisco for eight years, and then I moved uh, to Brooklyn. Do you come to Humboldt often? I do. Um, pretty At least once a year. Um, probably a little more often now. My My father passed away a couple months ago. So I've actually been out there a couple times since, um, and I was thinking about, you know, I often come out for the holidays and stuff, but I think with the pandemic these days, it's going to be such a high traffic period that I might wait and come out again, like, I don't know, in January or something. Gotcha. I'm sorry to hear about your father. Oh yeah. Thanks. Well, I don't even know um, how it's going to be possible to follow up the interview that Eric Andre did with Mike. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. I saw clips of it, but I didn't see the whole interview. Yeah, so I just saw the clips, too, and I haven't dove into it. But, oh, my gosh, like, good for Mike for keeping a straight face through some of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they out uh, they tried to outweird each other the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's going to be a, a hard competition. But um, for those of us joining us here, this is the bassist of Mr. Bungle, Trevor Dunn, 35 years strong with the Eureka Band, Mr. Bungle. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's nice to, um, you know, I've been doing a bunch of interviews lately because the album just came out today. And uh, it's nice to speak with someone from my, you know, my hometown essentially yeah it's a hometown interview you guys are blowing up right now it's like revolver magazine consequence of sound loud wires even in there so yeah. many people and i gotta wonder is this the most press bungle has ever received it is absolutely and i was just gonna say i mean you know the last record we did was 20 years ago and i mean there was there was no social media then um there was barely any internet um so and also we never really got um we got a lot more i don't know famous if i don't know if that's the right word a lot more notoriety after we stopped playing for 20 years like we started getting better offers for gigs and you know and people wanting a reunion and all this stuff and and um yeah now then we dropped this and it just kind of exploded and you know we've totally been working it we're all individually um, flooding our own socials with it, you know, so, um, we're, we're trying to go with the flow as they say. I've got to think like, probably there's the chili peppers thing back in the nineties, you know, and with social media, oh gosh, that would have blown up even further, but that oh, has yeah. to be probably the most press you've gotten before this, right? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, we were never really on any, well, we're on, we actually on the cover of the North Coast Journal once. Um, hey, that's big time yeah. right there. And and my my dad framed it and it's in it's in the house. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is kind of fun. I recently heard an interview with Maynard from Tool and Pussifer uh -huh. in a perfect circle and a million other things. He's he's like Mike and you guys, like he has a million projects. And he went out of his way to mention Bungle. Oh wow. Right on. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he was referencing the Halloween show. And I don't uh -huh. really listen to um, Joe Rogan very often these days. But, you know, uh -huh. when Maynard is on, I listen. Sure. And <laughs> he was saying you guys are using like the same streaming service to put out your show. Ah, uh, okay. 
I, man, I'm pretty clueless with that kind of stuff. I luckily we have a good crew behind us. We have good manager and press people. So, um, they, you know, I mean, Monica, our, our press agent just called me on the phone and I was, I just done my workout routine and I was, for some reason, I was thinking this interview was an hour later, even though I have it written down as, as the correct time. I didn't realize we had the California, New York thing going on too. So that can complicate uh, yeah. things a little bit too. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, then she called and she's like, Hey, uh, are you still up for doing that interview today? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, they, well, I definitely feel like I'm getting uh, babysat once in a while. Yeah, well, I'm sure whenever you have this many people calling you, but, uh, you know, here's the plug for you, Trevor, the Halloween shows, the night they came home, mrbungle.com has the, uh, the tickets and t-shirts and all that good stuff. Um, where was the recording place for the night they came home? I heard it was in SoCal somewhere. Uh, yeah, there, there are various rumors flown around and we, we have a tendency to just sort of um, go with all the rumors, you know, and, and um, not really answer, let people try to figure it out themselves or, you know, I see you guys posting local videos, you know, there's shots of Eureka. Uh, right. Mike put out a video with the old creamery and Lolita. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, I actually uh, was just there cause I was visiting my, my mother and, um, I had her take me down to Lolita and f- film a couple shots of me outside the creamery where Halloween three was shot. Right. Right. Yes. It's perfect for Halloween. And when, whenever we heard the night they came home, um, you know, here in Humboldt County, we thought like, what the Muni or like the fairgrounds right, right, or right, something. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's a virtual live show. I mean, there's no live shows obviously yeah. going on. Um, unless you live in Florida, apparently, but, uh, uh, you know, we've had people, friends of ours reach out to us and say, Hey, I know it's a virtual show, but can I, can you get me in? I'm like, even if, even if we could do something like that, we're not, that's not the way it works. We we actually all got tested, um, on site for this thing and all the, the film crew got tested and, um, you know, uh, so, the inner conspiracy theorist in me is going to be like, oh, my gosh, that is is going to see the Muni whenever I see this thing come out. And right, people are going to right. be like, oh, my gosh, I got to get over there. So I, I'm kind of hoping that um, Lolita gets flooded with like a bunch of fans driving up from Southern California. <laughs> they're going right. to they're going to be in for a, uh, a serious uh, trick or treat when they get there. <laughs> Regardless, we're going to get good music out of it on the internet. And, you know, yeah, for those of you listening, thinking of driving to LA or Humboldt for this thing, just don't do it. Um, okay, Trevor, pretend like it's 1986. You know, you're in a Eureka garage practicing with the band. You hear this commotion, and up comes Marty McFly and his DeLorean. He says, Hey, guys, like in 2020, you're going to be playing all these songs with guys from Anthrax and Slayer during a pandemic. <laughs> what do you tell him? I, you know, it's funny hearing, hearing that spoken out loud. I, I think the pandemic is the least believable thing, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, we were, me and Trey and Mike were pinching ourselves in the studio where, you know, when we recorded this thing, um, back in February and we were looking at each other saying, I can't believe we you know, wrangled these guys into doing this with us. And, you know, they were of course, totally excited to do it too. Um, but I wouldn't have believed it. I would have, uh, you know, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have imagined that was anything close to possible. And then you're like, Marty McFly, don't you like Huey Lewis and shit? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you don't you don't you don't dig bungle come on man yeah yeah uh, he's not cool enough for bungle uh <laughs> so okay another humble mid-80s question you want to show marty mcfly a good time and he actually is a bungle fan um uh, as he should be what do you guys go do you know after you uh you, what do you what do you do to show him around humble oh man in 1986 yeah, um yeah well, if it's a Friday night, we would go down to Old Town and wait for the freight train to pass by, and and um, which we never really knew when it was passing by. We couldn't figure out the schedule, um, but we would hang around until we heard the the we until we heard it, and um, we'd run down to Second Street or um, wait, is that Second or First? I guess it's technically First Street. I think yeah, First Street. And um, and hop the freight train to uh, Arcata and then, um, you know, go to the fourth street market, the pink market there off the highway and then hitchhike home. Was that pretty common, like hopping the train? Well, in when I was a senior in high school, it was something that me and Trey, uh, me and Mike were pretty obsessive about. We would do it, all, you know, almost every Friday night for quite a while until um we uh, we also did that with our friend Kevin, who uh, was one of the first drummers I played with uh, in Eureka, and he was a couple years older than us, so he had an apartment down in Old Town. And uh, one time, me and him hopped the train, and we didn't ride it all the way to Arcata. We jumped off uh, kind of around um, like H Street or something around there. And uh, right when we jumped off, there was a cop sitting there that we didn't see, and he he booked us, took us in and I got a, uh, summons for trespassing. Oh gosh. I, this is like a whole vision of Humboldt that I've never had. Oh yeah. So yeah. Is... Yeah. I mean, we didn't, you know, in high school, a lot of our peers were, you know, going to parties and getting trashed all the time. And, and, um, it just wasn't our thing. And we were obsessed with music and constantly checking out bands and, you know, ordering stuff from the works where Mike worked and, and um and that's our thrill was our thrill ride was the freight train. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, okay, you talked about pinching yourself with these thrash vets of legendary yeah. bands, you know, guys from Slayer, Anthrax, Suicidal Tendencies. And and now they're playing on this old record that you did, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. And the new versions are incredible, like just pristine. Um, I was loving this advanced copy from Monica, who you mentioned. And uh, yeah. you know, it's my favorite heavy album of the year. Right on, right on. Um, so, so anyway, you, you invite these guys to come in and play your material. And I'm sure you're probably getting this question a lot. It's like, you know, I'm sure they didn't derive from the sauce too much, but was that kind of hard letting some of that stuff go? Um, it, well, it didn't really, you mean, hmm. Just having really somebody think. else play your stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, um, they were both those guys were down, you know, Dave and Scott were totally down from the beginning and, and they're both really have a great work ethic and, and they're obviously amazing at what they do. So, um, it, they were on board the whole time and it felt great. And they really were, you know, the, the energy was going, was mutual, was going back and forth. You know, we were kind of feeding off each other, I think. And, um, it felt great to have it played like that, actually. I mean, um, you know, all due respect to Jed, our original drummer, but, you know, we were listening to those, to Rain and Blood Slayer's, you know, pinnacle recording of the, from 86 uh, was huge for us and everything leading up to it. And that 
that kind of drumming, that kind of guitar writing. Um, and we could barely do it ourselves. Um, it's like, it's like Tony Hawk riding your skateboard and then you, you get lessons from Tony Hawk along the way. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, we were, you know, listening to that kind of music so much back then that we were, those were the lessons that we were taking, you know? And, and, um, and then it was like, we called our old teachers up and said, Hey, you want to join on our, <laughs> you know, we're going to republish our high school paper and uh do you want to help us proofread it <laughs> yeah well it's awesome consequence of sound saying it's mandatory listening for thrash metal fans so pick it up people um so the intro for raging wrath of the easter bunny demo it's this beautiful gorgeous instrumental grizzly adams uh <laughs> yeah. kind of reminds me of that uh that mountain man from humboldt seth kinman oh wow um that name's familiar, but I might have been after my time. I'm oh, not sure. That guy was a dick. Like 1800s, he was like, uh, you know, he made chairs and stuff, but he was a mountain man, uh, killed a bunch of Native Americans here. Total POS. Right, but right, right. I was like, oh gosh, it's like, okay, Grizzly Adams is way better than Seth Kinman. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if well, we that, could only rewrite that, Humboldt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some dark history up there, Burnt Ranch and. Um, uh, well, that's, I guess that's technically Trinity County, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly Adams, that music was, that's a hundred percent Trey's thing. And um, I think, I don't remember how it came up. I think we just decided we wanted, you know, one of these sort of like uh, typical, you know, ballady intros for metal record. And then he wrote this piece. It's really long. Um which it's it's all it's like too long for an intro actually which is totally perfect <laughs> it's beautiful uh, yeah you're kind of like when is this intro when are they going to get on with it you know <laughs> i love it um, that's sort of our you know mo a lot of times and um and then i think the title was we didn't have a title for it, and i think that was mike's idea and god knows where that came from he he grew up in uh neeland he lived for a while in neeland with his parents and uh so you know Maybe he saw Grizzly Adams, maybe he saw um, Dan Haggerty running around the woods up there. Right. Well, you mentioned, you know, the uh, the the brainchild of Trey and some brain things, you know, coming from uh, from Mike. But you composed, I think, the longest song on the album, um, Mathematics, which was named later. But right. you composed the music way back in the day. And there's just this beautiful, hectic vibe on that, you know, um, and as is tradition with the song with that title. Uh, but it kind of reminded me of some of these sort of like unsolicited Eureka conversations that you have with people that are only making sense to themselves. Uh -huh. um, am I on the right track with the motivation behind that one? Well, the music was written before I knew anything about what meth was or, <laughs> right. you know, or, or it had even probably hit California. I mean, that, that was probably, I mean, it was probably, I don't know with the history of, methamphetamines but i would think they hit the west coast probably in the 80s you know but it didn't really become a its own sort of pandemic until later but it uh, wasn't a eureka thing in 86 yeah yeah um so that whole concept came this you know came much later um the original when i wrote it uh didn't have any lyrics and and it kind of had the working title of mathematics even though i wasn't didn't have any lyrics and I didn't know what it was going to be about. Um, the very first riff on that song incidentally is, was inspired by a rhythm I heard while riding the freight train. <laughs> That's so I, I tried to remember it. I was on the train thinking, Oh man, this is a cool, this is a cool rhythm for a riff, you know, it was the sound of the, 
the wheels on the tracks and, and, uh, and I went home and I don't know if it was how accurate it was, but that's how I came up with that riff. Okay, so anytime I'm headbanging to this album, I'm now going to be picturing you guys on the freight train. So yeah, there's this exactly. breakdown in that song where like Mike is ranting all these acronyms and I just get chills down the spine, you know, coupled with your instrumentation. It's just amazing. Oh, right um, yeah, that was, that was my, um, you know, I've done that a couple of times where I've written a song within a song. So that was like, it's like a little hardcore riff in the middle of a you know kind of a metal almost sort of proggy prog metal song absolutely i'm looking at the back of the original raging wrath of the easter bunny album you know and here you're thanking eureka railroad and <laughs> the works and fishbone and you're telling walt disney to rot in hell uh, <laughs> that was that, that's just for no reason i have no idea why <laughs> Good, good. As is tradition with Mr. Bunga. Is there anybody else from uh, back then that you want to give a shout out to now? Oh, man. Um, you know, uh, someone that comes to mind is Larita Del Rey, who was a DJ up there. Um, I have no idea what she's up to these days, but she had a radio show on. I don't remember if it was KFMI or KXGO, but it was it was like a three hour show one day a week. It was probably like Friday evening or something i don't remember and um it was three hours of just metal and man we listened to that show religiously and um you know heard a lot of new music that way i think I, that was the first time i heard ride the lightning by metallica you know it was on that radio show and huh. so um and then people you know mike worked at the works back when it was owned by uh the previous owner and you know there were people there um uh, God, I don't know if I can remember, remember all their names. Mike Asher was a guy who worked there. Head Basher Asher, very super supportive guy, you know? Um, uh, yeah, there were, I don't know. It was a whole crew of people at the works. I mean, that, that store and people's records also, those were, you know, important to our upbringing for sure. The only places you could buy stuff without driving all the way down to San Francisco. Heck yeah. Speaking of that, you know, Humboldt has these rural vibes, and, um, you know, in non-pandemic times, we still have to, you know, drive five hours for shows to go get records. Like you said, we're isolated and right. there's a lot of bad cell service areas. Do you think that sort of rural vibe has prepared you for the isolation of this pandemic? I, I do. I, I mean, also the fact that I fortunately, you know, at a young age got really into practicing my instrument. So, you know, and I went to Humboldt State, and I was I took you know, after classes, I would practice, I would sit up there in practice rooms and practice all day in a tiny little isolated, <laughs> you know, you know, like five by five practice room. And, um, so when this quarantine thing hit, you know, in March or whatever, it was at first, it was great. It was like, man, this is business as usual for me. I just stay in, you know, um, you know, I, this most stressful thing, which is still, kind of holds true is going grocery shopping these days. That's, you know, God, I hate doing it. <laughs> it's so hectic. Yeah. Especially yeah. with all the downtime that you have. Um, yeah. It's just a, a harsh, stark difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think being a musician in general kind of prepared me for that, but also, yeah, being up in Humboldt and, and um, I mean, when I go up there, you know, I tend to spend a lot of time at my mom's house. I don't even really go anywhere. I just, there's plenty of books and records there. And this summer I was out there for kind of an extended period. And it was the first time I'd really been able to do a bunch of hiking 
up there because usually I would come home for Christmas or whatever and I'd be around my family and they, you know, after a couple of days, they'd start to drive me nuts and I'd have to leave and like, man, why can't I get a slice of pizza at three o'clock in the morning like I can in Brooklyn? You know? <laughs> so, it's so, an isolation, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, this past summer, I had enough time to do a bunch of hiking I'd never done before. I went, you know, all the way to the end of Eel River Road and, you know, the um, the Arcata Marsh and uh, um, the botanical gardens out at CR, all kinds of, you know, stuff that I'd never really paid attention to before. Yeah, I think you're speaking to um, the experience of a lot of people that haven't that have lived in Humboldt, but haven't gotten to see those trails as much as they did this last summer. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So Rhea Perlman, freaking Carla from Cheers, <laughs> did some narration on this record. Uh, yeah. You know, she's talking about a haunted house after the long intro that you mentioned, um, you know, the, the second track of the record. Um, is she talking about the Carson Mansion? No, that's actually <laughs> it's she's um, basically reading um, some. This is this is probably where the Walt Disney thing comes from, actually. Uh -huh. Believe it or not, there's a connection. Um, the the narration that's the same narration that's that's on the original demo tape, but we just took it right off of this um, Disney. Um, it's like a haunted house record with a bunch of sound effects. Oh, okay. And that's a narration, um, and we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't bother using the original because then we would have had to get permission because it's pretty long. You know, it's over. I think it's over a minute long, so we definitely would have had to got the you know, um, the rights for it. Mm -hmm. And so, and we couldn't imagine that, um, the Disney foundation would, you know, uh, allow us to use that over a song called anarchy up your anus. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so we just had, um, we were in contact. Uh, Danny DeVito is actually a fan of, um, like I think one, I think his son is a fan of Phantomas and Mr. Bungle and stuff. And so he's, yeah, kinda, he always shows up to your shows. Yeah, he's been coming to shows for a few years and him and Mike, you know, became friends. And so that's how we hooked up with with Rhea. And um, and man, she totally killed it. It was really we're all super happy with what she she did. And I mean, it's also classic Bungle because she's probably like the least metal person you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like Matilda's mom on the song <laughs> Anarchy Up Your Anus. It's just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you guys, uh, you give, you've been in Bungle for a long time, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Jed, Jed Watts, yeah. uh, Theo, Leniel, et cetera. Um, yeah. but you guys kept this thing pretty tight with three original members. Have things been pretty supportive when it comes to those other, you know, original guys? Um, uh, Jed actually came down to San Francisco in February and, and sat in on one of the songs with us, which was great. I hadn't. I hadn't seen him in, in probably close to 30 years or something. And, um, he's still up in Humboldt, still playing the drums and it was really great to hang with him and stuff. And, um, Theo, I haven't seen in years, you know, um, not really sure where he's at. Uh, and then, you know, there's a few people like friends I went to high school with that, that we're still in touch with, but not a lot. Um, me and Mike and Trey kind of, kept to ourselves in high school, me and Mike, especially, we were just, we were pretty aloof and didn't really understand anyone else. So we just, just hid in the corner. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but there are a few uh, friends that we've stayed in touch with over the years. 
Well, I mean, you mentioned, you know, some of the positives of uh, this year in terms of being isolated, but being able to, you know, check out more trails and get outside and get in, t- in touch with nature more. But it really is kind of like a it's a it's a strange year. Um, oh, yeah. You know, how are you feeling about where our country is headed next week? Oh, man, um, I'm going to stay inside <laughs> um, and maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I think. I, I, I feel pretty, pretty positive. Um, I voted already, you know, and, um, but I, you know, I was blown away four years ago, um, by the results. So, you know, this country is so big and so divided that I kind of feel like it needs to be split up into at least four different countries, <laughs> you know, with, with, um, presiding presidents, four different presidents, you know, it would, it would probably help things a lot. And then people can go live where they, where their values are important to them, you know? So I lived in San Francisco and I live in Brooklyn now. It's all, I'm surrounded by, you know, a lot of different kinds of people and cultures. And that's, that's kind of what I love about these kinds of cities, you know? Absolutely. Well, no matter what happens, I mean, if we're, if we're angry about the results, we can listen to the new Mr. Bungle record. If we're happy about the results, we can listen to the new Mr. Bungle records. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, uh, do you have any, you know, just kind of wrap it up here. Do you, do you have any advice for aspiring Humboldt musicians? You know, I guess I'm one of them. Uh, what kind of advice do you have? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know what this scene is, these days with music up there, but I mean, and going back to shout outs, you know, when I was in high school, um, me and Trey studied with, uh, this guy, Dan Horton. Um, well, we had, we had, um, Dick Stroud our first year. I had him the first year and then, um, Dan Horton and, and, um, Don Minky were my teachers, really important teachers for me. And then, um, I had some great teachers at Humboldt state too. Um, uh, Dwayne Heller and Deborah Klasquin. And I mean, there's a, a ton of them. Um, and I don't know, I just, um, because there's not as much to do up there. Well, there's plenty to do if you, you know, put your mind to it, but I don't know, man, practice, just practice and, you know, um, dive in. And that's to me that that's still what I do. And it's still how I continue to learn and get out there and play with as many different people as you can. And, um, you know, travel, see different stuff. Most definitely. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, just, just practice the craft. And like you said, you know, you were the type of guy that uh, grew up in isolated Humboldt. You had the time to be in your room and, and, and spend hours a day on this craft and, and look where it's gotten you. So um, Trevor, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Is there, is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, I think that's it. You know, shout out to my mom. (laughs) Hey, Stellar. Hey, Trevor's mom. Shout out. (laughs) Good deal. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time today. You bet. All right. Have fun. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, just a quick reminder, HumboldtLastWeek.com is your one-stop shop to listen to this program, to interact with the show on social media, to get in contact with me about story ideas or music that you like, to find details on our new music radio show, Humboldt Fresh Finds, and to check out more alternative new music playlists updated every day. Again, that's HumboldtLastWeek.com. Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast, available anytime at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Made possible by these sponsors. 
licensed marriage and family therapist Dylan Sambura Hernandez currently accepting telehealth clients as we need mental health now more than ever. For a free consult, call 707-335-9521 or visit HumboldtTherapy.com. Bell Star voted the best of Humboldt for women's clothing stores. Bell Star is located at 405 2nd Street in Eureka or online at B-E-L-L-E-S-T-A-R-R.com. Bell Star, clothes that fit your life. North Coast Co-op, now offering online ordering for hot pizzas, sandwiches, salads, and the beverage bar at northcoast.coop slash orders. Photography by Shy, spell it S-H-I, portraits just right. Book now for your next photo session. Learn more at photographybyshy.com. Bongo Boy Recording Studio, conducting safe recording sessions with ultra-clean equipment. Check out the pristine sounds at bongoboystudio.com. North Coast Journal, award-winning in-depth reporting. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. 